there's a guy here just in the nick of time. What does that make us? Big damn heroes, sir. Ain't we just? Suppose nothing happens to you. Suppose you live there your whole life and nothing happens. You never meet anybody. You never become anything. And finally you die one of those New York deaths but nobody notices for two weeks until the smell drifts into the hallway. I would say that's that mattress, man. You came all the way from L.A. to tell me this. Yes, I did. It's all the cops? No. All right. That's that. I, I think if you like it, you should get it. Now get the f*** out of here, pervert! Didn't I warn you? Th that's that. Hello and welcome to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM, the film and TV radio show where a handful of film enthusiasts shoot the breeze about all things film and television. I'm Marcus E. Ako and I'm very excited for this next guest that we have, uh, but I'll talk about her in just a second. David? Hi, I'm David Campbell, uh, producer Dave, and welcome to this week's show. Producer Marcus. Dave completely forgot what he was supposed to be doing. It was like, uh, what, where, where are we? Well, no, there? usually sort of like you turn around and say, uh, I'm Mark C. Echo, and then it's like, I'm David Campbell. Then you go on to, but you changed yeah, it. But I'm, I, I, I rolled with it. I switched it up. Yes, you did roll with it. Anyway, the, talking about the guest, um, not going to waste time anymore. going to introduce our guest. Those of you who've been listening to us know this guest. We haven't heard from her in a year. It has been a year at least since we've heard from this guest. It is the hardest working head of production in the business. Please tell us your name and tell us if you missed us too. I did miss you. My name's Ariana. Thank <laughs> you for being head of production. That's been a hey. real upgrade for me. Absolutely. No, this was what happened last year when you got that promotion. Ariana Ryan got a promotion, became head of production uh, in the business. I, I said on, on air, um, hardest working, because I say hardest working production manager in the business. Your mother messaged. My mother was not pleased. Yeah, you she was not pleased. that man. Yes. Yeah. Have you know, it is head of production. And I was, <laughs> Sorry, ma'am. You're absolutely right. It is the hardest working head of production in the business. Ariana Ryan, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Well, here, you know, I'm so excited to be talking to you. Of course, absolutely. Having conversations. On my flat, which I haven't left in, you know, six months. But, you know, yes, in, in six months. Yes. Since, since, for, as far as I'm concerned, you haven't left your flat since the last time we saw you in the studio. So that's, you know, because... You know, you're not far off. You know my lifestyle is pretty... I'm a homebody anyway, so... <laughs> yeah, hey, the way I look at it, I, so I like to think of it like when we finish the show, we put you back in a little box, wrap you up, keep you so... Obviously, be not because you're the hardest working head of production in the business. So you right. have and do your work but then when you finish you go back in the box and only do interviews on shoot the breeze on resonance 104.4 fm no place else we are and we have a we've tied you to a lockdown contract you are never <laughs> anybody else even when you become massively famous for the project that you are working on right now which we will talk about in just a few minutes um yeah you're not allowed to go on kimmel not allowed to go on on um fallon and not saturday well maybe saturday night live because um, yeah, it's, it's funny. So it's good. You can go and do comedy and then come back to Shoot the Breeze. So, Of course, I mean, as long as you mentioned that you're on Shoot the Breeze as well, while you're on Saturday Night Live. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, 
I don't know whether to be frightened or flattered, um, but a bit of both. A bit of both is fine. A bit of both is fair. Yes. So, uh, thank you for tuning in to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance One Hundred Four Point Four FM. We have uh, we another jam pack. We're going to do a jam packed episode today, but because we haven't seen this lady and spoken to this lady in such a long time, we've cut a whole bunch of stuff out. Sorry, everybody who ha who's not going to be appearing on this episode. You'll appear next week. Don't worry. We've got a bump up crop next week, but we will go on to uh, next segment, which is film and TV news in a second, where we'll be talking to uh, two filmmakers uh, who have been making the most of COVID and working uh, with the pandemic and lockdown to create a web series called uh, Riddles of Zoom. We'll talk more about that uh, in the next segment. Then we'll jump back to Spotlight where we talk to our lovely lady friend here, uh, Ariana Ryan, who's gonna be telling us what she's been doing over the lockdown. And we'll jump into top five favorites, which this week is going to be, and this is, this is gonna be a long one, top five favorites, um, romantic couples in movies where everything seems to be against them. So that's basically the top five that we're going to go with. Producer Dave, I believe you said that you're not going to be doing this. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I've been a bit busy, so I haven't been look, looking at my top five. I, I, I didn't have time. I, one's just popped into my head, but no. Okay. Um, I'm so excited to hear which one just popped into your head, but now I'm also really nervous because when you said you didn't have anything prepared, I was like, great, no one's going to steal mine. And now you have one, and I think it's going to be my best one. But anyway, as you were. Oh, no, I was thinking Jewel of Denial, but that doesn't, that doesn't work, so no. Fair enough. Oh, also, I have no idea what movie that yeah, is. So, yeah. no, that's uh, Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner. So, yes. It's all good. Um, and just before we jump into film and TV news, a little, just a little somber bit. I, I want to use this episode just to sort of, I want to dedicate this episode to a friend of mine and a friend of the show. He, he listened to every single episode. He was one of the first listeners from the very beginning when we started about three years ago. Um, and he always commented, always gave feedback always gave me ideas for what to do on the show. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away this week. Uh, Jim's, or James, Jim Peoples, Big Jim. Um, he, he, he's, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a, of a stamp, currently a little bit of a state at the moment, but obviously um, I want to try and get through it and I will. I just want to dedicate this particular episode to Big Jim. Jim, you have always been, you still are, and will always be loved and missed. Uh, rest in peace, Jim. Anyway, let's move on. Let's jump straight into film and TV news. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm David Campbell. And we're joined today by uh, two uh, of the, uh, the, with the creator and actress, and I guess actresses, the minds behind the web series, Riddles of Doom. Please introduce yourselves. Hello, I'm Raquel Fregonese, and I'm the creator of the series and an actress in it as well. Hello, I'm Alida Panzone. I'm the co-producer with Raquele of Riddles of Zoom, and I'm also an actor in Riddles Excellent. of Zoom. Excellent. Thank, th thank you, ladies, for joining us. Uh, I was saying just before we started recording, uh, Alida, we, we've heard a lot about you before you came on the show, before you've come on the show, uh, from a previous guest, Natasha Marlberger, and f effectively part someone who's part of the show, uh, Jenna Suru. They, they, they can't stop but sing your praises every time they come on the show saying, get a leader on the show. I'm like, I'm trying to get her on the show, but she doesn't want to come on the show. Now she's 
them to come on the show. So that's fantastic. Um, so let us start off first of all by talking about Riddles of Doom. Uh, Raquel, let's go to you first. Maybe you can you can talk to us about Riddles of Doom since you created this. What is Riddles of Zoom? So Riddles of Zoom is a, a web series that is created for social media. So the episodes are shorter than a usual series that you would see. And it's a horror thriller kind of uh, genre. And it's about these six girls that reunite after 10 years, after their graduation. And a mystery comes along because these meeting that they're on, this online meeting becomes haunted by this presence, this other person that's, that joins them and kind of transform this meeting into a nightmare. Yeah, so it's, it's similar to, there's a, a film or a couple of films, Unfriended, that uh, pretty much has the same sort of format where uh, you're literally watching the four different uh, or in this case, it's more than four, but uh, different blocks, rectangles, each person. So you're performing straight to, to camera. And it also kind of reminds me of uh, a Lisa Kudrow show. I, I can't remember what it yes, was. Web so, therapy. Thank you. That's the one, yes. Uh, where it's completely over Skype. Uh, but you guys, obviously, because of COVID, you're now using Zoom. Um, so can you talk us through the different characters that are in there, uh, starting off maybe with yours first, then Alida will talk about your character, and then we'll come to the final character, the one who has essentially set all of this up and in motion. Well, my character is Letitia. She is the one who has set the group up during high school. So she's kind of the leader of this group called the Brunettes, because we all have brunette hair and longish hair. Um, so she was the leader of this group, and then uh, she had to take the difficult decision to just dismantle the group for reasons that I'm not going to explain now, otherwise I would be spoiling everything, but uh, they had to just let go of this group and not see each other for quite a while up until uh, now. Uh, and then Alida plays... Charlene. <laughs> yeah, go, go, go on, Alida, tell us about your character. Well, my character is awesome, of course. Uh, I would say any other character. <laughs> and I have to thank Raquel for writing such an awesome character, of course. And Charlene is the daughter of the principal, the principal of the school. Uh, and she finds herself in a quite, uh, in quite a situation. Um, because of different things. Oh my God, I just realized I don't know how to explain more without spoiling the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, the, that's the thing, because, you're, because the, each episode is sort of very, very short bursts. Um, the, web, it's a, the webisodes are all very, very short bursts. It's hard to, to be able to, to go into too much without spoiling. Um, yeah. The fact that you jump right into it, because it's, it's, it's about, what, three minutes long per episode. Uh, and you, you essentially get straight into the action straight away um, where, you know, that major twist happens at the very end of the first uh, episode and then you go on to the second episode, etc. Um, so let's talk about some of the other actors that you have uh, in, the, in, the, uh, in the web series. Um, you have, if you want to just help us out, with, you've got uh, yeah. Kelly Lee as well, who is, who's on there, who's another actress that we want to get on the show. Um, please tell us about, you may just give a quick summary about the other actresses' characters on the show. Well, Kelly's character is Greta, and it's a happy-go-lucky type. 
um, almost naive in a way, but very positive up until when this situation becomes apparently not as positive. Uh, then we have Annie Knox, who plays Faye, who is very down to earth uh, and uh, down right on business kind of type, but also with an artistic uh, soul, as we can see in her background. Then we have Inna Bagali, who plays Iris, who is very much into horoscopes and very much in, it's an aerial creature that now has to deal with very earthly and important pressuring problems. Um, and we are lucky enough to have also Julia Lupetti in our team, who plays Zelda, who is um, a sexy and aggressive uh, uh, panther, if you wish. Uh, I, I, have, that I have to admit, I have to admit uh, Julia, she is, she's one of my, when she comes out, she's got this, she's the Italian diva that she just throws it, throws it out there. And it's sort of watching her as flamboyant and as glamorous and as, you know, flippant as she's been is the one, she's one character that really just, she springs out straight away. So sorry, I, I cut you off there. Yeah, she is our Sophia Lauren. <laughs> uh, absolutely, that's the perfect, that's the perfect comparison, I would say, because yes, because you all, all the different characters stand out in very different ways as you were describing. Um, and then now come down to the, uh, to the final, final character in, in the show. Ah, Sabrina. Well, Sabrina apparently is dead. So we really don't know who these, is it a ghost hacking the online meeting? Is it someone? Is she still alive? Those are all questions that are valid and at this point we don't know yet. Well, of course I know, but I'm not gonna reveal it. Oh, of course, and, and so far, I, um... Uh, you've we've been you've been releasing the episodes and we'll come to that just in one second. Um, you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. I'm David Campbell. And we have the creators uh, uh, behind the minds behind the web series uh, Riddles of. Uh, uh, tell me if I'm pronouncing this correctly because the name you've got it as Zoom, which is D Z O O M. Um, is that for is that for copyright purposes? Is you didn't want Zoom to the makers of Zoom to call you up and say, "Hold on a second, this is our product." You didn't want to. Is that for it, or is there a particular reason why you went with Zoom? There is a no, no. There is a particular reason why there's the D before the Zoom. Well, of course, this has no links to Zoom. It's just that with lockdown, everyone started to use Zoom. So Zoom become it became not only the name of the company providing this kind of online meetings, but it's a bit like online meeting. Instead of saying online meeting, you just say Zoom, even if it's a different platform you're using. So there's exactly. that, so, um, exactly. which is why also our, um, our chat, our set, if you wish, it's not looking like Zoom, it's a different one. Yeah, but, it, 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 it looks a lot better than Zoom, I can tell you that, <laughs> because the level of quality that you have in terms of video and audio compared to what we've experienced with Zoom, using Zoom throughout. And I'm, I don't care if we get sued because it's, it's sort of, we've been using Zoom for all our shows. And every now and again, it's as, as uh, producer Dave would attest, it's basically me freezing up every now and again 
uh, and uh, producer Dave having to just step in and carry on with with the uh, with the interview. So, speaking of which, producer Dave, have you got a question for the ladies? Yeah, I've got a, a couple of questions. I mean, I've noticed that. Just oh, yes. quickly, so that I actually answer to the question about the title, oh, yes. because there is, uh, it, it is a pun on the words, really, because it's, it would be riddles of Zoom, but since it becomes a nightmare, and it's, it basically, it's, it's doomed, so there's that kind of level of word pun. Now, back yeah, to again, the story. In, in, yeah. the, very, in the, the first title, you go riddles of doom, and then you go riddles of Zoom, and it says riddle of Zoom. One of the things I noticed was that um, from your, the information you've put out is that you're filming across three different countries and several different cities as well. So what were the challenges that you had to overcome to actually do that, to film in someone else's uh, living room, let's, let's say, or kitchen, because one of them is a kitchen, in th uh, three, different area, or three different countries and several different cities? What were the challenges that you had to overcome? Alida, you want to take this one? Uh, well, there are many challenges. So I can start with what came to my mind. Uh, first challenge is the um, time uh, a zone that is different. Mm -hmm. So we had to connect with Julia Lupetti from Los Angeles, for example, and film uh, uh, during her mornings. So, so that would be our nights uh, or vice versa. And also having to give lines to each one of us it would mean like to try to find uh, luckily it's very short so we only filmed in uh, six -ish days uh, and so one day per actor and we were able to finish all the episodes in one day for each actor uh, but it's very difficult to get six people together in a room even if it's online <laughs> and that was one of the main challenges as well um another challenge Raquel. well connection problems happened like when we shot my side of things it was the most stressful ever day i've ever had on a set because i had to deal with the lights because we we tried to set it up as much as we could uh, in a cinematic way of course for what a telephone camera and working remotely could allow us but we tried to set up the lights and, and so I had the lights and then I had to send my videos to a leader that would check that the video was right and it was usable and in the take and etc. So it was quite as a low process, but it was good to, to get there. And I don't know, when, I came, when it came to my mind that we could do something like that, uh, I knew it was crazy, but actually doing it it was really, really, really crazy. Now I understand why people don't often work like that. Yeah, but, you know, I can tell you, working on Zoom is, again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop rabbiting on about, about Zoom because eventually I'm going to get frozen. It'll just be me stuck in there. Um, but no, it, it's, uh, you, David raises a very good, very good point. The fact that you've got, this, the entire production is multinational. You mentioned you've got America, you've got, uh, is, I, I believe um, Kelly's in the UK, is that correct? Yes, Kelly and Annie, they were from uh, the UK, and then me and Raquel from two different towns in Italy. Oh, so and you're both Nina in Italy. was in the UK too. Oh, you were in the UK too. It, it is, it's, it's effectively a European global um, uh, 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 presentation, uh, production, 
and you've got that worked all around. Now, you've mentioned, I think you've kind of mentioned it, it took six days to shoot the entire web series. So does that tell, that tells me, I may be mistaken, that you've gotten the entire web series shot, it's wrapped up completely, so you have your number of episodes complete. Is that correct? Yes, for and season one. So, Sylvia, for, for season one, of course. Um, so, uh, how many episodes do we, uh, are we to expect in season one? Eight. So, eight episodes in total. And so far, uh, I've caught up to, I think I believe I've watched three episodes. I may have missed, it. Was, there, it, was there an episode last week that came out? Uh, so, it's episodes, four episodes, excellent. So, I've, I haven't caught up on the fourth episode yet. I've caught the first three episodes. Uh, when, uh, do, when does an episode drop? What time do, uh, does it drop? When can people watch it? So tomorrow at 2020, and the time is not uh, taken like um, for uh, uh, by chance, it's 2020 for a reason, uh, UK time, uh, we drop the fifth episode. So every Saturday at 2020, there is a new episode. Fantastic. And you can get that on your website, which is uh, riddlesofzoom.com. Is that correct? Yes, but you can also have uh, see it. Well, the first place we put the episode on, so the official ac account <laughs> is Instagram, and that's also the account that we use more for uh, advertising and uh, a different kind of uh, content. Content, yes, related content, to the. Yeah, sure film so interviews or graphics everything is there then it also goes to twitter to facebook to youtube and also of course uh, to have it everything in one place easy to access uh, our official website you're listening to shoot the breeze on resonance for fm i'm marcus e Ako. and i'm david campbell and we're joined by the minds behind the web series riddles of dzoom d-z-o-o-m uh, Raquel Fregonesi and Alida Pantoni. Uh, the episode ev episodes drop out. They're three sec uh, three three second three minute long episodes that drop every Saturday at twenty twenty, which is eight p.m. eight twenty p.m. UK time. Uh, you can get that on their on their website riddlesofzoom.com, as well as the uh, Instagram account. You can get the first episode at riddles of zoom you can also follow uh, uh alida and raquel uh, alida what is your social media handle and raquel what's your social media handle very very easy on every social media i am at alida pantone so it's uh, my full name yeah and you can also find me with at Raquel Fregonese. Excellent, Raquel Fregonese. Now, just before we wrap up, I want to ask about other projects that you're working on. Um, uh, Raquel, let's start with you. Uh, other than the web series, what projects are you working on at the moment that other people can catch up on? I am working on a project on an Italian painter of the 1600, Artemisa Gentileschi. There's um, an exhibition out at the National Gallery right now. And I'm working on a novel and I'm trying to, I'm putting content out there on Instagram as well at Finding Art Museum. You would find uh, the Instagram profile and basically I'm writing a novel. Excellent. Well, what's the novel about if you don't mind me asking? Well, it's about the life of this painter who was one of the first professional female painters in the Baroque era, so 1600s more or less. And she was, she had an incredible career and there's also a story of revenge about a rape that she, um, she was victim of. 
and we still have all the trial papers. But the most important thing for me is that in the 1600s, she was able to live a very a free life, a life that many women afterwards were not able to live as freely as she did. So what she accomplished then is still and you're in the And you're in the process of writing the novel. Are you on your first draft? Yeah. Are you revising? I'm rewriting a draft that I've already written because I want to change a few things. Fantastic, fantastic. And Amido, how about yourself? So I am currently full-time uh, working on Riddles of Zoom uh, promotion on social media and all. So I hope everybody comes and follow and, and help my job by appreciating it with a like or so. Uh, but I'm also getting ready for the 11th edition of the London Rolling Film Festival that uh, hopefully is going to be on, on fe in February 2021. So the submissions are nearly closed uh, and I'm trying to uh, figure out a way to make sure that the edition doesn't stop due to COVID. So probably I'm going to move it online as uh, many other festivals have done so to make it safe for everyone and still be able to show the amazing work of other filmmakers, filmmakers like me. Um, and then, I don't know, I have been working on different projects before the pandemic came. So uh, actually tomorrow is uh, not uh, this week, the trailer of uh, the Magical Toy Shop is going to be out and uh, starting the film festivals, as well as another project that was production producing uh, that is Pi that is nearly ready and going into festivals and I'm also acting in it. And another festival circuits a project ready um, is um, Kidnapped, also starring Raquel Fergonese, but also I have another, yeah, I, I have plenty of projects that are doing the Festival Tier Circuit and hopefully soon I'll be releasing for the public. Another one is, um, uh, Raquel, help me, which one is that one? Um, which one you mean? The perfect match, yes. Um, yes, and I'm editing I'm trying to edit because uh, it's a very, very low, low budget. So I'm trying to make everything myself. Um, other two projects that I have filmed uh, with other actors. So, so you don't have much to do then. <laughs> <laughs> yes. With that long list of things that you're doing, it's just, you literally just don't know when you have any time to do anything else. So, um, but yeah, we, we'll ha we're happy to... To, you know, if you want to come back on the show and talk about any one of your projects, feel free to do so. Just wanted to ask, um, we had in last week's episode, uh, Liza, the, uh, Liza Van D. Smithson and Nicole Lieberman from the Female Film Club. I just, we just wanted to ask, are you part of the Female, Female Film Club as well? Do you work with them? Or is this something that you may want to get in touch with them and sort of share the work that you're doing? I'm not... A member yet, but I will definitely get in touch because they right. they are doing some great things. Absolutely, we're happy to put you in touch with them as well because uh, we we, yeah. we 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 had them on the show last week. Fantastic filmmakers doing a lot, uh, especially for female filmmakers uh, to, to bring awareness of female filmmakers. Uh, it, so we would be happy to put you guys in touch with them, uh, and so that'd be fantastic. But like we said, if there's any project that you want to talk about feel free to let us know. You're happy to come back on the show. We're happy to have you back on the show. And we want, we want to give you uh, best wishes for Riddles of Zoom to, to crush it with the eight episodes. As soon as this finishes, I'm going to jump on, spend three minutes to watch that next episode. Raquel, you have something you want to add? 
Yeah, I just wanted to publicly thank our composer Emilio Merone because without his music, the web series wouldn't be as good as it is. So a lot of thanks is to him. Yeah, music does such a big thing in any any film. Like the the importance of uh, using a a composer, especially one that gives you original soundtracks for made tailored uh, for your film, is so important. And we have been very very lucky to find him uh, helping us with this. It really makes a huge difference and makes it so good. That's true. The music does stand out quite a lot, and it's good to to hear that it's actually an original composition as opposed to uh, sourcing that from, from another website. Uh, excellent. So thank you ladies very much for joining us and we wish you the best with your, with your projects. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm David Campbell. And this is Spotlight. Welcome back. We're now in spotlight with our glamorous guest, the hardest working head of production in the business, Ariana Ryan. Ariana, how have you been doing so far? Yeah, I've been okay. I mean, okay. That's it. Not great. Not terrible. The average is okay. You've been keeping safe at least. Oh yes, I'm very well. I think I had COVID back in like April, but this was before people were testing and like everything. I'm sorry. Right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's just back up again uh, a bit. Did you just say I think I had COVID? Yes. If you don't recall, back when COVID, back when COVID first came out, back when COVID first came out, you couldn't get a test unless you were hospitalized. So it's not like you were going to get a test when you had symptoms. There wasn't any kind of like website to go and like click on your symptoms. You just kind of dealt with it. So I either had a cold or I had COVID, but I've been living this fantasy life that, I mean, obviously this is before you knew you could get it forever more, but like, I thought, oh, I've got some immunity. I can, you know, continue to live my life as I was, which by the way, was still doing nothing. So it wasn't that big. I wasn't putting anyone at risk, but uh, yeah, so it's been okay. But yeah, I've been trying to keep busy. So you got it before it was fashionable. Sorry, say again? No, you got it before it was fashionable. So yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I spent about two weeks doing a puzzle back in April that was tremendously satisfying. And then my birthday was in May, so everyone I know gave me a puzzle. <laughs> and like, I quickly tired of puzzles. And also like, I don't really have the uh, table space to keep a puzzle going all the time, especially now that I'm back from work and working from home. Like my desk is my puzzle desk as well. So like all the puzzles had to be boxed up. Uh, this is not how I expected my 30s to go, but... Uh, <laughs> what, just assembling puzzles? Just assembling puzzles, hanging out with my cat. That's, yeah, exactly. And you, as you said, you adopted a cat just before, before yes. uh, lockdown, right? Thankfully, thankfully. What's your cat's name? His name is Milo, and I adopted him. That was his name when I got him. I don't dislike the name Milo, but apparently it's the second most popular name for cats this year in the UK, and it bothers me so much that like I've jumped on a trend. Why? Um, Why is that name so popular? Don't get me wrong; it's it's yeah, it's it's a good name. Why is it so popular for cats? I don't know. Easy, short. You could put it on a collar, a tag, maybe. I'm not sure. I just don't like. I just don't like being like one of many. Maybe it's because Milo is a very comforting, popular drink from the past and people are just harking back to past pleasures. I literally I mean, would you, no idea what you're talking about. 
What? You know, it's 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 a, it's like a it's it's like a brand it's a Nescafe brand um with it's like hot chocolate like like it's chocolate right it's a, it's a chocolate um, it's, it's a malt it's a malt drink oh is it malt is it malt drink yeah okay. it's a hot malted drink and it used to be very very popular with the um people it's uh, very similar to Ovaltine yes exactly exactly okay fair enough so since COVID locked you down you're stuck in your house and you're working through that um, yeah. You to do something else right you mentioned that you started doing you're working on a separate project while not doing your head of production work tell us what that is well i saw a meme like the second week of lockdown and it was like a lot of people are about to realize lack of free time is not the reason they haven't written their novel and i was like i don't want that to be me so i started writing this script obviously i just started writing it obviously the main character was me and i just did that the whole lockdown i finished about two months ago and now I have a very, very helpful colleague who has read it and given some great feedback. So now I'm trying to fix it. And then obviously I'm going to fix this, write another one, become, you know, rich and famous because of it. So yeah, it's going well, I think. I hope. I'm in the rewriting phase now, which isn't the most fun, but it's better than the having no script phase. Do you have a title for it? I, well, a working title is The Accidental Singleton. Obviously, it's a romantic comedy. I mean, what else was it going to be? It wasn't going to be like a thriller or like an intellectual political satire, but... Look, I, you, you, once you said that name, I, was, I immediately thought, taught psychological thriller. <laughs> it's just, it literally, that's the first thing. The Accidental Singleton. Tons of ideas of genre tropes popping into my head. Serial killers on the loose. Um, you know, person being trapped in lockdown and being trapped in the house and the call keeps coming and it's, he's coming from the house, but I take it it's not. So I'm, I'm completely wrong. No, you're completely wrong. I oh, have a log line. Listen, I've been working on this log line. I've been reading a book and they're like, you need to figure out how to sell it. So this is my log line. A single TV executive is tasked with producing and starring in a dating spree show to figure out why she's still single. Oh my, that's, uh, that, I, I can see the entire picture right there. So you are, you, you're, you're the TV executive, right? Yeah, uh, to be clear, it's not me. Of but, course, of course it's not you. Yeah. yeah. But yes, of, of course. course. So basically she's, let's see if you can see some parallels. Single, 37-year-old woman, works in TV, um, likes to think she's funny, does a bit of like stand-up comedy in her free time, and she has no luck with men. And someone at work who she works with is like, listen, let's turn this into a show. And then so she has to go on like date after date after date after date. And then does it end well? Who knows? Tune in to find out. That is, does not sound like you at all. If anything, you're probably describing producer Dave. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying nothing. Uh, unless, <laughs> of course, um, this executive goes on to uh, something like Naked Attraction. That would be interesting and funny. Oh my Would God, you... I don't know how to respond to that. Well, have, you seen, have you seen the show Naked Attraction? No. It's a fascinating show. So this is the, this is the premise of the show, right? Uh, it's, a, it's, again, a dating, kind of like blind date, except um, the, the contestant gets put in front of like five panels, right? Five it's colored panels. And uh, it's, they start revealing bit by bit. First of all, maybe you know, the bottom panel gets re re revealed and the contestant gets to see the people's feet. And they have to judge which ones they like and which ones they eliminate based on seeing their feet. Then it goes maybe a little higher and it's their knees. And then next it's their pelvis region. And then next is their chest, and then is their face, and so on and so forth. And it's an elimination. And these people behind these panels are completely naked. All of them are completely naked. And, and it boils down to two people. And then those two people come out. And then the contestant now has to go and get naked, come back out, 
And David, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it the contestant that then picks the final person or, yeah, it is, right? Is the, the contestant then picks the final person, but those two people see that contestant naked both and that's hence called naked attraction. And it is, I, it's, it's not a car crash, it's cringe TV because you're watching it. And I, here's the one thing I would say that is actually impressive about the show. Unlike American shows, and I'm specifically pointing to American shows, unlike American shows, the people behind the panels aren't your chiseled, brushed up, you know, six pack or slim figured, whatever, models, turned actresses, whatever, that are standing behind those panels. We are talking everyday people. You're talking multiple different types of body shapes, body types, all lined up there. And you're watching, you're saying, the first thing that occurred to me is just the, the amount of confidence for you to stand there completely naked in front of the entire nation is kudos to you not body shaming at all just saying how brave those people are actually going out and there and doing that i i'm quite I'm, I'm i'm not physically fit in any way shape or form whatsoever those people who know me tell me i always put my shirt back on whenever i take it out don't know why i'm taking my shirt off in the middle of the street but it you know but still i wouldn't do that on national television these people are doing it that's the, that's negative you should go and check check it out it should be it's like, i think it's channel four or channel five one of those two I'm like, how, what is like, not to put too fine a point on it, what's like bush maintenance like on this show? Oh, it is wild. And I don't, and I mean that both sense of the word. It is there, there, it's, it's basically, there's clean shaven, there's Amazon forest, there's Brazilian, there's random different types, shape and shapes and sizes, boy. Yes, I'm talking shapes and sizes and different. You, everyone who's listened to this knows what I'm talking about. Yes, on that show, and it is fascinating. So uh, go check it out. So I, I take it, I take it, your t the TV show in your book in your script is nothing like that. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, no, I'm at I, I, I'm at a loss for words because I'm just thinking about this show now, and it actually sounds vile and not up my alley at all. But I will check it out just to like know what everyone else is doing down there. But um, you, 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 I see. You want to get inspiration for your next hairdo. <laughs> Actually, I'm sorted. Thanks. But um, yeah, no, my script, the one thing that's a bit off with it is that I'm not very creative with like names of characters. So basically, nope. I'm just writing down one terrible date I've had after another with the name of the person who was on that date with me. So like, <laughs> going to have to do a bit of a rewrite before anyone actually sees it. Well, oh my, yeah, that's that's what I've been doing lockdown is a lot of like these awful park dates. Um, but they didn't make the script because they are so dull. I don't know. You guys are both, you guys aren't dating, right? You're not daters. Well, I'm married, so. Right, so no? <laughs> well, this is <laughs> a very weird way to answer that question. Right, but... okay, good, so no. Um, but yeah, social isolation dating has been, I mean, on one hand, great, and on the other hand, obviously terribly boring. Um, I've gone out with, I'm going to say conservatively, 12 people in parks and you just go for a walk and oh, with okay. an absolute stranger, it's like, there's no liquor to like loosen things up. There's no- Lubricate the conversation, yeah. Exactly, right? Like sometimes you'll bring cans, but then, I don't know. Who brings but, a can to a date? Well, uh, no. You have to improvise. It's lockdown. You, you can bring a bottle. Rather than the can, I mean, what you did us. okay. So here's the thing: I I look at cans as second date materials, second date 
straight away, right? Not the first date. If this is the first time you're meeting someone, you bring a bottle. I'm, I'm, it's etiquette. It's the same thing as like taking someone on a first date to McDonald's. No, I, I didn't know. I go to, I, I eat at McDonald's. I have, that's fine. You take your first date to McDonald's. Second date, maybe. Because at that point, things are now rest, easy, whatnot. You can make the third date back at one of their houses and then everything else goes on from there. But you can't have a first date where you go and take a can, a Stella can to somebody. It could be a can of wine. Okay, well, let's, then we'll pause there for a second just so that Ariana can go and get the, uh, the, the package. Yeah, it could also be a can of wine. I mean, they do put wine in cans now. That's worse. That is worse. That is literally like saying, okay, that's that, that the, the taking kind of wine. If you bring box wine, box wine, I'm, I'm okay with. I'll, I will no, that's, that, no, no, no. Box wine, that is just too much. I mean, a whole four liter box of wine. I don't think so. A small can of wine, they do it in cans. And if it's white wine, it can be chilled. So you turn up, you've got this small can of white wine, plastic yep. glass, give it to them, and it looks fine. Either that or a small bottle of wine. Small bottle of wine. Small bottle of wine. They they do small bottles of wine. Yes, they do. When we when we had that ritual with uh, Laura Sampson, Laura, we miss you. Come back on the show. Um, so we used to do have a ritual straight after every episode. We'd go into Sainsbury's and get those little uh, covers and little those tiny little proseccos. Proseccos. Yeah, you take those tiny little bottles and you can. That's fine, right? Because that's date material. You bring a can on a first date. Yes. Call me elitist. I don't care. You can't bring a can on the first date. Second date, that's fine. It's the same. This it, it's the same thing as bringing you know one of those those t-shirts that have that have the the image of a bow tie and a tux on it on the front. It's it's a t-shirt, but it's designed to look like you've got a bow tie. It's like wearing that t-shirt to someone's wedding. It is inappropriate. You should not do that. You should be ashamed of yourself and your parents should have raised you better and they are ashamed of you right now for bringing it. Like, it sounds like you're saying it's not okay to go to McDonald's, but yes, you can go to Burger King on the first date. It's just like, you know, whatever. Did you go to Nando's on the first date? I've been brought to Nando's on a first date before. I've never got to Nando's on a point of principle. So, you know. <laughs> See, Nando's is fine. I no. Nando's is fine. No. I'd say that's fine. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. not. I did not what, see what, it. What, what, what's, what's wrong with Nando's on the first date? Uh, Everything's wrong with Nando's. That's, that's just the point. Because the whole idea, the reason why I'm saying Nando's is, I'm not saying every first date should be in Nando's, but Nando's, if you're listening, I'm saying that. So feel free to sponsor us and give us a blast. <laughs> but I'm just saying, at the end of the day, it, Nando's is fine for a first date. Nando's is fine for a first date because you could go because it's a table. It's table service. You can sit down. They will bring your food to you. McDonald's table service. Don't you have to go up and like speak to someone at the register? Yeah, you exactly. To to order, yes, but then but then they deliver <laughs> food to you. Yeah. So anyway, we're 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 getting off topic here. <laughs> but I just want to say, as the only person who has been dating in lockdown, like I think I know what I'm doing, and actually. You're assuming that me bringing cans is you know putting me in a bad light with these dates, but I don't necessarily want to be in good lights with these dates. Like I have had very, very, very few good dates in lockdown, and if I can get out of there as quickly as possible, like so be it. And actually, I kind of like the whole social distancing thing because, like you know, at the end of the first date, you kind of have to play that whole like, oh, will they, won't they, you know, blah blah yeah. blah. I can just say, 
well, sorry, can't touch you because, you know, COVID, see you later. And like wave your hands up in the air like this and then go home and text them later and be like, I didn't feel it. I have a friend who's had a completely different experience. Now, granted, he's like a tall, beautiful black man, but like he's found because there's nowhere really to go or any restaurant or bar to go to, like the only place to go is back to your place. And so he's uh-huh. like, <laughs> well, yeah. he's <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's Moving that, on, Marcus. That's game right there. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. I'm David Campbell. And I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying the fact that we have back in with us the hottest working head of production in the business and date guru, uh, COVID dating guru aficionado, Ariana Ryan. Uh, she's gonna. She's joining us. She's gonna uh, walk through the next segment with us, which is top five favorites. top five favorites where again in honor of ariana ryan's latest script which she's working on uh which is a romantic romantic comedy we are going to be talking about top five favorite romantic comedies where the couple have everything going against them and either they succeed in the end or they fail doesn't matter it's just the fact that everything seems to be trying to keep them apart so i'm going to throw to ariana to give us her number five and number four take it away my number five is Titanic. Oh, okay. So everything is going on, right? Like there's like a class divide. Her family doesn't approve. He's like in the you know slaves quarters. She's upstairs with the elites. Obviously the boat is sinking. Um, I do want to take this opportunity though to say that I don't have any kind of issue with the whole door thing, the rose door thing. But what yep. does drive me crazy is when she's being lowered in the lifeboat and looks up at Leo on the deck and then she's like, I'm out of here and gets out of the lifeboat to get back on the sinking Titanic. Like it drives me absolutely crazy when women, I like, listen, I know as much as the next person that first love like is a bit nuts, but like when women make ludicrously piss poor decisions for a man. I can't, I can't bear it. Like, thank God she got on that door and didn't let him on. You know what I mean? That's the only <laughs> the entire movie. Anyway, so so you're, actually, you're actually the reverse. You're saying, no, she did well for not letting him get back onto the door. However, she had made a previously poor decision by getting back onto the ship. Can you imagine like escaping the Titanic and then getting back onto the Titanic? So what's what your their love survived. And then uh, number four, Romeo and Juliet, which I think I bring up every single time I'm on this show because it's such a fantastic movie. Again, Leonardo DiCaprio. I think I only bring it up so that I can mention every single time that once upon a time I went to Orlando Bloom's 40th birthday party and was in the same room as Leonardo DiCaprio. But again, everything's against them. Montague's Capulets, you know. I, 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 was gonna, I was gonna say, and you're still single, but uh, knowing uh, Leo's uh, his, uh, his dating history, sort of your uh, the, the, the joke. I'm sorry, what, what joke are you making? Is it that I'm too old for Leonardo DiCaprio? Well, I, 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 I realized halfway through, I was gonna, uh, that I was gonna- Where are we going with this joke? <laughs> no, 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 you're, 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 you're too young for Leonardo. He's yes, absolutely. He's older than yes. you. Yes, yes, yes that's, that's what it is. He, he, he's not into blondes. That's, that's what I was going uh-huh. to say. Yeah, Marcus, the top five. Five and four. Five. Thank, thank you for producing it. Thank uh, for the short track. Uh, my number five is Splash, the Ron Howard film with Tom Hanks and Daryl Hannah, where 
um, Tom Hanks wants to date a mermaid. Uh, it, it's, it's popped into my head because at the end of the day, it's sort of everybody is against them getting together because he, uh, he you know, is, he's trying to get his life together and so on and so forth. And she's a fish or part fish. So <laughs> is, is problematic. Um, but they do, you know, they eventually end up together. It's kind of like they did a remake of sorts with uh, Shape of Water, uh, which basically follows beat for beat um, uh, Splash. Um, and yes, so that is my number five, Splash. My number four is, funnily enough, called Top Five. And it is a recent movie, Chris Rock and um, Rosario Dawson. And Chris Rock is he's a famous, I can't remember exactly what his profession is, but he, I think he's a novelist and he's about to get married uh, and he's being interviewed by Rosario Dawson, who's a journalist who does uh, these articles on, uh, on people about to, exp about to blow. And her, her article is top five favorites. So they go top five where she interviews the person. And throughout the movie, it's basically the two of them going from one place to the next, where he's talking about inspiration, things that sort of brought him up, his upbringing and so on and so forth. And you can see obvious chemistry between the two of them. And you can see that little contrast there. Um, it's been a while since I've watched that film. I'm definitely going to try and find it to watch it again, but it's called Top Five. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. I'm David Campbell. And we have the hottest working head of production in the business and um, burgeoning romantic screenwriter, Ariana Ryan, who's going to give us her top three uh, favorite romantic comedies with or romantic movies with where the uh, protagonists are being kept from each other. What's your number three and two? Uh, I'm going to say going the distance and that's a physical, they're being kept apart by distance. Um, I think there's a, a tremendously funny scene in it, which has nothing to do with the love story, but it's, um, what's that woman's name? Christina Applegate? Yeah, oh. Drew Barrymore and Justin Long. And Justin Long, yes, I thought about that. Yeah. yeah. And Drew Barrymore and her sister Christina Applegate are like sitting in her back garden at one point and they're talking about, I don't know if I can say it on the show, but about going down on girls and it's <laughs> flawlessly. Can Ariana say that on the show? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> I, feel, I feel really bad for David. Like every time I'm on the show, I feel like I hijack it just with my sad, pathetic dating life. And he's always like trying to like get us back get us back to where we're meant to be, like talking about film, but. No, 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 you, I mean, you, you actually spelled it out. You didn't use the actual phrase, which I might have had to beep out, so. Thank you. Know, you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. No, um, it's, it's, it's producer Dave's job. And yes, I'll admit, he, he has been doing a lot of it today to steer us back onto the conversation compared to other shows where it's like, it's pretty much going across the beat. I'm so sorry, it's because I don't watch movies. All I want to do is like talk about boys. And I'm 37. Anyway, my number two is, oh, Armageddon. So Liv Tyler, who I don't like, Ben Affleck, obviously, uh, in addition to the asteroid hurling towards Earth, we've got Bruce Willis, her dad, who doesn't want them to do the other either. But if you That's recall, true. it's like the saddest, like, wrap up to a movie I've ever seen. And I went to go see it in theaters. We went to like the nine o'clock show. The movie's like eight hours long. So <laughs> and I came out of the cinema. My father was waiting there for us being like, uh, where the hell have you been? Um, but yeah, they were kept apart by, I don't know, space matter? It's true. Sure. Uh, you say that because um, the previous movie you said um, had Justin Long in it. Yeah. Yes. And this one's got the Bruce Willis. Yeah. And Bruce Willis, yes. Oh, yeah. And okay. they starred in one of the, um, whatchamacallit films? Die Hard movies. Die Hard movies, where the for, yeah. premise is he's trying to keep his, keep Justin Long away from his daughter and what have you. 
That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. long is so hot. Anyway, moving on. Sorry. Yeah. I, moving it, on. Don't get her talking about guys she thinks is hot. Let's go. <laughs> I'm surprised you went with Justin Long. I mean, he's he's. Fun. <laughs> Listen, okay. I've been in my house for a long time. Things are getting desperate. Oh, fair enough. Uh, okay, my number three is Punch Drunk Love. It is uh, a, a, Tom, a P. Thomas Anderson um, film, Adam Sandler. It, for me, it is my favorite Adam Sandler performance. Not saying favorite film. I like his, his wacky comedies of the past, the uh, Happy Gilmore and the other ones. But when it comes to actual acting performance, I think he smashes it in Punch Drunk Love. It's where he's a socially inept um, uh, you know, browbeaten boy, uh, young man, you know, his sister's basically really, really suffocating. And he hooks up with Emily, I think it's Emily, it's not Emily Blunt, but it's another Emily, and she's a British actress, her name escapes me. Um, and it's basically him trying to date her. She's just as weird as he is, although he's slightly weirder. And everything else sort of conspires. The sisters try to put them together and then try to separate them. And then there's the Dustin Hoffman, not Dustin Hoffman, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's subplot to the movie, which I'm not going to ruin because that will ruin the experience for you. You should watch it. It is amazing. It is a great, it is, uh, you know what? I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch Top 5 again. I'm going to watch Punch Drunk Love again because it is a fascinating movie. That couple finally get together in the end but it is an amazing film. It's one of my favorite Adam Sandler films. I, I'll, I'll, I'll put it in. It's films. That's it. When Harry Met Sally. I always Oh, put- thank you for including This is nice. Thank you. Absolutely. I, anytime we talk romantic comedies, if When Harry Met Sally is not on the list, then it, there's a problem with that list. It's either, I was going to, I was just, I was thinking either that or The Princess Bride, which is done by the same guy. Uh, Rob Reiner did both of them. Um, Billy Crystal's in both of them as well. But I, I, brought in When Harry Met Sally mainly because um, Princess Bride doesn't really have people trying to separate them. But in Harry Met Sally, it's not even everyone's trying to separate them. They're trying to separate themselves. It's essentially the entire movie. They're trying to keep themselves from getting together. And then it's the very end. It's like, look, there's nobody else. Nobody else is as perfect as you for me. And they get together. And that's, I really like that movie. That's why it's my number two. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. We have the hardest working head of production in the business and Nora Ephron replacement in the romantic screenwriting department. Uh, Ariana Ryan is about to tell us her number one favorite romantic comedy where the characters are trying to be kept out, being kept away from each other. Go. First of all, that was a really, really nice compliment. There is no one I uh, value and respect more than Nora Ephron, but also you have not ever read a single thing I've written besides a WhatsApp message. I could like have poor spelling and grammar for all you know. So it's a no, real leap of faith for you to say that to me. I'm, I am, look, you know what? I, I, having known you for as long as I've known you, I'm willing to cash in all my chips and say, your script is going to be amazing. I'm going to be one of those guys in a year and it's like what did you do it was like i said ariana ryan's script was going to be fantastic it wasn't however (laughs) absolutely amazing it's going to be genius and we'll go from there so yeah oh my god i mean this is wonderful between this and playing the lottery i'm hoping to be able to retire soon um anyway my number one movie 50 first dates um, obviously, uh, her memory resets every single night. I, like, I honestly don't know how the movie resolves itself. Like, I see it happening, but like, yeah. how he actually, and I think he kind of like 
soaks into her subconscious. I think that's the end of it. But like, no, 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 it's, it's it's not. It's not. But you, it's it's basically you should you should not pull on that string. Um, I, I love Fifty First. <laughs> well, I do. I love Fifty First Dates as well. But watch it. Finish watching it. You will get that heartwarming feeling at the end of it. Do not pull on that string of logic because when you do, it becomes it's a horror it's a horror yeah. so yeah. do not pull on that string just leave it as it is and just go yep i'm fine i accept and i move on the only thing that's wrong with that movie is that fella who's in all of adam sandler's movies who's like obnoxious Schneider. yeah deuce bigelow yeah. that fella oh my god what a yes. stupid subplot what a stupid 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 subplot i hate that guy Anyway, yeah, that's my movie. I, you know, I love it. I love romantic comedies, as you know. Actually, I don't, as you know, I don't like movies, but, you know, I like to think I like romantic comedies. If there's a genre you have to pick between that and, uh, and, and yes. horror porn or torture porn, you would take yes. that one, so yeah. Well, actually, uh, horror torture porn might be a little further up there. But again, I've been living in lockdown. Things have changed. That you don't want to be watching torture porn in lockdown. You, you'll, yeah. Anyway, my number one is Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. It is, uh, it is, it's fantastic. It is uh, Jim Carrey, uh, Kate Winslet, and essentially it's, it begins at a breakup. It begins at the couple having broken up and uh, the um, Kate Winslet goes to the extra level of actually having him erased from her memory. And he basically, he says, you know what? I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm gonna erase her from my memory. And you start walking through the process of having him or having her erased from his memory. And as he is having it erased, is essentially reliving those memories and it's going in reverse. So you're seeing how they broke up or why they broke up. You start to see going backwards a little bit and it gets into the point where you start to see them together and he's reliving that and he changes his mind because it's sort of, you feel them in love and he now starts to, it's, it's, a, it's a race against time to stop him from getting erased. And it is just, it is a beautifully weird, complex, twisted movie. Again, when I talk romantic comedies, that one and Harry Met Sally are always on my list because it's a fantastic movie. I'm not sure I'd call it a comedy. Oh, it's, it, uh, it's, it, it's, uh, it's got comedic elements to it. I mean, you know, the, the Mark Ruffalo, Elijah Wood, Kirsten Dunst, uh, Tom, Tom Wilkinson, subplot is just hilarious in various various stages it's it's fantastic i'd also be remiss if i didn't remind everyone that jim carrey was canadian catherine ryan catherine ryan is canadian as well correct yes she is yes so uh yeah you go so and now we have you another canadian who's going to be storming the stage pretty soon next year when your script gets made into a blockbuster movie and you're not going to publicize it anywhere else but on the show that you're currently listening, which is Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM, except for Saturday Night Live. We've already established that. You can do Saturday Night Live, but no Kimmel. No Kimmel. Why not Kimmel? Do you not like Kimmel? No, I, I, I really like Kimmel. I do. Right. I'm not sharing you with Kimmel. That's what I'm saying. So I can share you with Saturday Night Live, um, but not Kimmel. And definitely not uh, Fallon. Him, I'm not too fond of. Kimmel, I like. Though. I'm going to show. Sorry? Uh, Fallon's attractive, though. <laughs> I had to bring it back for David. David hasn't had to, like, cut something out of this show in about 10 if, minutes. So. If, if you say so. Anyway, uh, Ariana, thank you very much for coming back on the show. Um, like I said, you're welcome anytime. Whenever you, you get tired of talking to Milo, 
um, let us know. We're happy to bring you back on the show and you can talk to us and it'll be great. Thank you. I mean, that was the saddest wrap up of my life anyone's ever done. Whenever you're tired of talking to your cat, please talk to us. <laughs> but yeah, all the best. Really great to see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> right. So thank you very much all of you for tuning in. Please remember to stay safe, wash your hands, social distance, keep yourself safe and whatnot. I have been Marcus E. Paco. And I'm still David Campbell. Thank you very much for listening. And see you all next week. Bye. Bye-bye.